Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. You know, in in these times with this uh, pandemic spreading with the COVID-19 coronavirus, you know, there's so many different talks are going around about that this, you know, uh, you know, virus is very contagious and you know, and I don't dispute I am not a uh, number one just a few disclaimers I'm not a scholar and I am not a doctor of any sort. And, you know, we can always refer to doctors to ask them about anything regarding the virus or refer to scholars to know how we should act in these times. I am simply someone um, that, you know, is uh, making an effort to call people towards um, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and has a concern, you know, for the ummah as a whole and uh, for myself and family. Uh, and, and every good person uh, uh, and soul uh, uh, on this earth, alhamdulillah. And I just wanted to share a few words of uh, advice on, you know, what I think is, is sort of happening. And wallahu alam, you know, uh, it, it comes to mind the uh, uh, story of uh, Uhud when Rasulullah sallallahu um, you know, had told the Sahaba not to move from their post. Um, and, you know, they, they, went against what Rasulullah Sallallahu said um, and uh, went to collect the uh, uh, booty, uh, ghanayim, and they left their post and it ended up in them uh, losing their grounds in the battle and defeat was on the horizon. Um, and there's difference of opinion of what's considered a defeat here. But the point is, is that, you know, the mushrikeen had the upper hand. And then Sufyan, you know, uh, he came Abu Sufyan, he came and what did he say? He says, uh, out loud, he started yelling, and Hubal was one of the gods, I guess, that um, uh, they used to uh, worship uh, to draw them nearer to God. Uh, and um, when he said that, Rasulullah heard, and Urlu means that like it, it comes from Ula or being higher meaning having the upper hand, as if saying that, you know, because of our God, Hubal, we have victory over you, O Muslims. So Rasulullah, when he heard this, close meaning to the effect, he told the Sahaba, do you not answer him? Do you not answer back? And they said, what should we say, Ya Rasulullah? He said, tell him that Allahu A'la wa Ajallu wa Akbar. That tell him that Allah is higher. Allah is Ajal, more majestic and Allah Allah is greater. Why? Because, you know, when we speak, words have a vibration and these, this vibration goes out into the universe and it has an effect on people. So the more we hear about something, that thing we continuously hear about, we start to take effect. It starts to impact our hearts. You know, if somebody in the street sees me and he says, you know, you look pale and I know I'm not pale and I feel great, I might ignore him. Second guy comes, he goes, you okay? You look a little pale. Third guy comes, you look a little pale, brother. Fourth guy comes, man, you look really pale. You okay? You know, I feel great. And even if I wasn't pale whatsoever, I'd start to doubt myself. I'd go look in the mirror and I'd look at myself, oh, yeah, maybe I do look a little pale, right? You start to believe it eventually. So, you know, listening to this, Rasulullah didn't want them to take effect of this. So he told them to respond that Allah is greater. So in this time of coronavirus, when we're hearing corona this, corona that, you know, highly contagious, and I'm not disputing facts about the medical situation or what the virus is or isn't uh, from a medical perspective. I'm just saying that this is what we're hearing. 
And so the, the fear is that, that that takes control over our hearts. And then we, we, we take the sort of actions that are not necessarily befitting always to a true believer. قَالَتِ الْأَعْرَابُ آمَنَّا قُلْ لَمْ تُؤْمِنُوا قَالَتِ الْأَعْرَابُ آمَنَّا قُلْ لَمْ تُؤْمِنُوا وَلَكِنْ قُولُوا أَسْلَمْنَا وَلَمَّا يَدْخُلِ الْإِيمَانُ فِي قُلُوبِكُمْ When the Arab, the nomads in the time of Rasulullah said we believe, it was told to them, don't say you believe. Don't say you believe. You know, Say you, you, are, you, you, you have submitted, you have become Muslim. Belief, this is another thing. Iman, this is another thing. The, Allah says in the Quran that it, it's the majority of people believe but with but but with shirk mixed into that belief in their hearts. This is in the Quran. That the majority of people believe but with shirk in their hearts. So what is this thing? So I wanted to elaborate a little bit, talk a little bit about the ultimate reality before talking about what one should do in this time in terms of taking material means or religious means, or whatever it may be, but first talk about the ultimate reality. And when Rasulullah was sent to the mushrikeen, the mushrikeen believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They believed in God. Because you see in the Quran, وَلَئِن سَأَلْتَهُمْ مَنْ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ لَيَقُولُنَّ اللَّهِ If you ask these mushrikeen, O Muhammad, if you ask them who created the heavens and the earth, that they would respond and they would say Allah. So what was the issue? It wasn't that they didn't believe there was an Allah, there was Allah, but they used to associate with him. They used to have these so-called gods, yuqarribuna ilallahi zulfa, that they, they, they use these gods to draw nearer to God, capital G in a sense. So how do they draw nearer to Allah? They had like a God of rain and a God of sustenance, for example, and a God of anger and wrath and a God, and all these gods, 360 statues, representing symbols, representing gods, they, they would pray to, to get from the one God. So they, they believed in God, but there was an issue of shirk, associating partners with God. But just like the, the time of mushrikeen, there were these 360 statues. Wallahu alam, in our time and age, there's the fear that there are these same 360 statues, but we're not going to worship statues. They have taken different forms in our time and age. So what are the forms of these statues? You know, anything that my heart, in a sense, turns to in a time of need or is impressed by, anything that the heart is attached to or turns to or is impressed by other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then there is some sort of, you know, the iman isn't grounded yet. So whether this be in the form of Google, Microsoft, you know, technology, or it be in the form of, you know, Democrats and Republicans and government or politics. Or be in the form of, I know this person, he'll take care of me. I have a, my father's, you know, nice and rich and well off. So if anything happens, you know, to me, he'll, I, I, he has my back. So depending on these sort of means, you know. Or, uh, 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 you know, I believe that something could harm me or something could benefit me other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or my heart in the time of, you know, sickness, immediately my heart, the first thing it turns to is turns to medicine. So anything that the heart is attached to, is attracted to, is dependent on, leans towards, turns to, is affected by, then then that is ghayrullah in the qalb. That is something, we have something other than Allah in our hearts and Allah wants such a heart.
that only reflects Allah. That nothing in our heart should be in there except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, you know, in all the hadiths, I think there's over a million hadiths, many, many, many hadiths. The ulama say all hadiths can be summed into four. And those four hadiths can be summarized into one hadith that is jami' that contains, in a sense, is the source of all other ahadith. That verily in this body, there's a piece of flesh. If it is rectified, the whole body is rectified, i.e. the actions emanating from this body are rectified and if and if it is corrupt if it's bad if it's a bad apple so to speak then the actions emanating for this body are spoiled and are bad so it is all about this heart allah wants to look at it and see nothing and find nothing but him subhanahu wa ta'ala in it it is said that maryam alayhi salam when she was in the mihrab every time zakaria would enter the mihrab he would find the rizq wajada indaha rizqa sustenance the ulama said he said he would they, he would find fruits that are out of season and at that time they didn't have fridges and and the supply demand in cities we live in so it was not possible to have you know fruits of the winter in summer and vice versa but that was the case where did you get this O maryam it is from Allah. Allah sustains whom He wills without taking them to account. Meaning that without, you know, you know uh, basically uh, uh, adding and multiplying and subtracting, say, I gave you this, so you owe me this. It just gives you, subhanAllah, so generous. So any effort done by Maryam here? None. Sitting in a locked room, can't leave, can't come, can't go back and forth anywhere. Has no means of transportation. She doesn't have a cell phone. She doesn't have access to the internet. She doesn't have a supplier. She doesn't have, you know, Costco, Whole Foods, Walmart, nothing. And the risk is coming down from the heavens, right? Zero effort on her end. Her heart was a reflection of the oneness of Allah. She had nothing in her heart. Anything other than Allah. There wasn't anything competing for space in her heart other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was just Allah. And then what happened? The ulama say when she had Isa alayhi salam, like any mother, when her, when her eyes fell on Isa, such a beautiful child, a prophet, say a little bit of the love of, like an image of Isa became imprinted in the heart of Maryam, sort of competing with the space of the divine in there, right? And only Allah should be in the heart, but a little bit of attachment to Isa, that's natural for a mother. It is said now when Maryam was beneath the palm tree, now it wasn't that the Allah could have commanded the dates to simply fall from the tree and for Maryam to consume these dates with no effort. But here Allah says, That now shake the palm tree. And not a strong major shake, just like, you know, just rasmiyat, just basic. You know, just move it, barely يعني, move it, and I'll take care of the rest. But effort was required. Because Maryam wasn't used to this. Maryam wanted risk, Allah would just bring it to her. But now Allah is telling her, you need to make some effort. So the more, the, 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 when our heart has nothing but Allah, nothing but Allah, 
then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala interferes with his own qudra and his own power. So how? Allah tests Ibrahim. Ibrahim alayhi salam in the guillotine, I believe it was the thing that, that dispatches you and they ripped him, they removed his clothes and tied a rope and he was fully naked except for this rope on his hands and, and feet and they tied him and they bolted him into the heavens, in, into the skies to throw him into this huge massive fire that they were burning for 40 days and 40 nights. Such a fire that the smoke of it, the birds that were fly above it, just from the heat of the smoke would fall into the fire. And then the angels were worried. And the angels are from the invisible means and soldiers, Junudullah, the soldiers of Allah. The one that Allah sort of, you know, he created them for a system. There, there's, there's an angel for every single raindrop. Not a single, every raindrop has a new angel bringing it down. Every single new raindrop. Allah has created a system of cause and effect. But when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, the, uh, Ibrahim is not asking. Because when he was asking Ibrahim, you know, angels were sent to him. Should we bring down, should we bring down rain? Allah could have sent angels of rain. Allah could have sent down rain. Allah could have sent a sandstorm. Allah could have opened the earth and swallowed the fire, whatever. So many different means. But when Ibrahim alayhi salam denounced all means, including the greatest means, Jibreel alayhi salam. Ya Ibrahim, alaka haja, do you have a need? He says, amma laka fala. From you, O Jibreel, I don't have any need. He says, yeah, then, you know, then ask Allah. What did Ibrahim alayhi salam say? Qala ilmuhu bihali yughni an su'ali. The knowledge he has of my situation, you know, removes the need for me to even ask Allah subhanahu He knows. And I know that he knows. And I know that he's seeing me right now. And his knowledge and his power and my belief in him suffices me. I don't need your help, Ya Jibreel. So now what does Allah? Allah interferes with his own qudra. Allah didn't use any means. Allah interferes directly with his might, with his power. And he says, oh fire, be, be, kuni bardan, be cool and peaceful on Ibrahim. The fire is burning, but it is not burning. The fire is lit, but it is not harming Ibrahim. The rope on Ibrahim burnt, but not a single hair on Ibrahim was harmed. 40 days and 40 nights, he's eating food from the heavens brought down to him, eating and living the best time when he was asked, what was your best time on earth, Ya Ibrahim? He said, the 40 days I spent in the fire. 40 days they kept him there, nothing happening to him. Because Ibrahim had nothing but Allah in his heart. Nothing. So likewise, when we have nothing, Allah interferes with his own qudra. Allah was bringing rizq from Maryam, from the heavens. But the minute a little bit of attachment towards Isa, and now she has to make some effort to gain sustenance. Now we ask ourselves, do we have hearts that have nothing but Allah? Or do we turn time and time again? We want to know who our Rabb is, who our Ilah is. It is the one, he is the one that we turn to in the time of need, in the time of catastrophe, calamity. The first one that our heart turns to when your, when your kid or daughter or someone first falls sick or you get sick, you get some sort of, you know, flu or whatever it may be, is the first thing your heart turns to, your antibiotics, your Tylenol, your, or is your heart first turned towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
So first thing we have to learn is that the Qudra of Allah is in the that of Allah. Allah created these things, everything that we see in the visible world to test us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His power is in His that. He is the one that is doing everything. He's the creator of everything, but he's also the doer of everything. One doer. So what is this? Why do we see light coming from the sun and rain coming from the clouds? And, and, and you know, the system of cause and effect that Allah created. It is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's power is in his essence, his being, his that. However, these created things are simply appearances for the qudra of Allah. They're simply manifestations, conduits. Like imagine a piece of paper that has a big hole in its center. Big hole in the center of this piece of paper. And the sun is shining behind it. And I look and I see light is coming from this piece of paper. And I say, oh, the light is coming from this piece of paper. But I don't notice that there's a hole in this piece of paper. And ultimately there's a source a sun that is shining through it or a light source that is shining through it. And that's where the light is coming from, not from the paper. Likewise, think all of all of these things that we see around us as like objects that, that, that at the core of which every one of these objects is empty. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is manifesting his attributes, manifesting his power through these created things. Why? Because لا تدركه الأبصار we cannot see Allah with our eyes. Where is the test if Allah's, you know, shining the light to us and bringing down the rain and I see Allah doing all this? First of all, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. لا تدركوا الأبصار You know, you know, basira, basar, like eyesight, cannot grasp Allah because it's limited. So we cannot see Allah. So how is Allah going to test us that Allah created this system, these signs, these kainat and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a sense hid his qudra behind these things so it appears as if the rain is coming from the uh, uh, clouds and it appears as if the water is quenching the thirst and it appears as if the fire is burning and it appears as if the sun is giving light and it appears as if the medicine is giving cure but really if medicine had the cure then two people with the same disease take the same medicine should get better but time and time again we see too many people with the same disease afflicted all take the same, same medicine some get better some get worse some die because cure is in the hands of Allah. Allah is the one that cures. This is a very important point that we have to remind ourselves of. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one that is doing, He is one in His being. And He is one in His attributes. One Rahman. We see manifestations of His Rahmah. A mother's mercy on her child. A manifestation of God's one mercy. There are not many mercies. There's one mercy. There's not many generous. There's one generous. There's not many doing. There's one doer. There's not many harmful objects and things. There's one, one, one that gives harm. There's only one that gives benefit. Our jobs cannot benefit us. 
la ilaha jobs cannot do illa allah our allah is the one that sustains us our degrees cannot do allah is the one that does allah is the one that educates allah is the one that teaches these are the ultimate realities is that one doer so we have to remove these statues of technology of government of education of ivy leagues of of artificial intelligence of modernism of culture of hizbiya of nationalism of politics all of it la ilaha illallah only one allah is doing everything in control of everything master of every single atom in the universe when this becomes firm and established in our heart then we begin to see then why did allah one thing he created the system so i can recognize him I didn't create the jinn and kind and the mankind except that they may recognize me. So Allah says, look around you. Do they not see how we created this cattle? Do they not see how we raised the skies? So Allah is saying, look around you, but don't look and see skies and see, see the one door. See the one in the many. Go to the source. A projector projects on a screen, projects a scene, projects a movie that seems to be animated and moving and doing this and this and that. And yes, but ultimately it is that projecting light that is projected onto the screen. If you cover the projected light from the projector, the movie dis automatically vanishes. Allah is the one Nuru Samawati Wal Ard. He is the light of the heavens. One light nur. Many darknesses, multiplicity. The world, in a sense, is a world of this world of multiplicity, in a sense, is a world of darknesses. But there's one light to go from the many to the one, from multiplicity to unity. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, first thing, he created all these the systems, the heavens, the earth, the skies, the universe, the stars, the sun, the moon, the planets, right? All this us, human beings, animals, bacteria, plants, system, all this nature, trees, whatever it may be, all this created system, everything other than Allah, so that we may recognize the one in, in his many creations. Second is to test us. Will we believe that these things are doing what they're doing? See, nowadays we think that Allah put his power in these things and said, okay, you son, you're going to give light and this is what you do. These are your properties scientifically. You're, and then Allah turns as if his back to it and then it's doing, it's an autopilot. No. We have to believe that just like the day of judgment, Israfil is waiting. For example, we heard from one of the scholars that just like Israfil is waiting to blow on this horn to, to, to start and, and initiate the day of judgment, just like Israfil is completely dependent on the command of Allah to blow the horn and for Yawmul Qiyamah to initiate, likewise, every single leaf on every single tree at the end of the branch of every single tree on this earth 
is dependent of Allah and waiting for the command of Allah in order to fall. Every single leaf on every single tree is dependent on Allah in every single moment. If I get up and walk to a TV screen, it seems like there's a movie playing in the screen with many images, many colors. But when I touch and I and I, 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 I sort of examine the screen, I walk up to it and I touch it, I find one indivisible screen taking the shape and form of all these images, but ultimately it is one. Are these th objects really there? No, they're not really there. There's just one indivisible screen taking on the form and shape through the attributes, through the khalq of Allah. This is hadha khalqullah. Everything in this, it's the action of Allah. This universe is the act of Allah. So hidden in everything, in everything, everywhere we turn, everywhere you turn, there is the essence, the being of Allah. What is Allah alluding to there? So all these created things are a means for us to, for us to recognize and know Allah, but also not to fall trap and victim thinking that these things in and of themselves, they have some sort of command of God and they do what they do independent of God now. Like God set everything up and is sitting back and watching the movie. No. He's the one doing. And we see this, we see the weakness in our faith and our yaqeen and our iman when we, in our duhas, we say, Ya Allah, you know, uh, for example, I, I have very little money. Say, for example, I have little money in the bank and I don't know how I'm going to pay rent. So I make, oh Allah, you know, please let so-and-so hire me. Let me get this job so that I can, you know, feed my family and pay my rent. Astaghfirullah. Like, like it's almost like you're telling God because our we have such conviction on these material things that they do, that they help. We ask Allah to give us these things. The same medium, just like Kuffar used to go through these th 360 statues to get to the one. We are saying, oh Allah, you know, send me this job so that I can pay for this. And oh Allah, give me a raise at work so I'm able to do this and this. No. Just Allah is the one doing. He will do it like he wants to do it in the way he wants to do it. We don't need to dictate to God how to go about solving our problems. But it's because we have weak faith that we present God with the tools that he needs to fulfill the, his, his, his duties and job as my razzaq. Here, God, all right, just give me this, 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 and I, I'll be okay. Then everything will be okay. Check ourselves. We have to check ourselves. About this coronavirus, one time Rasulullah the sahabas, the, their, their camels were afflicted with fleas. So the Sahaba came to Rasulullah and said, Ya Rasulullah, you know, he said, our camels are afflicted. He said, what happened? He said, well, we had a camel. He was afflicted with fleas. And then the other camels, he, the, that camel afflicted, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the other camels caught the fleas from that one camel. Rasulullah said, no, close meaning to the effect, no. He said, if those camels got their fleas from the first camel, where did the fleas come from? For that first camel, where did they come from? From Allah. 
So Rasulullah is teaching them that just like, just like that first camel, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested him and sent him those fleas, just like that, every single other camel, every single other flea on every single other camel was in full, full faqir and need of Allah's command in order for it to, to move on to each and every other camel. If one person has the coronavirus, if, a, if you're sitting in a room with 1,000 people with coronavirus dead center and they all sneeze at you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not willed that you be afflicted, wallahi, the one who is in control of the heavens and the earth, you will not be inflicted with the disease. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's in control. Just like these things, all these created things are conduit. This, this virus is empty. An illusion in a sense. It is Allah doing the name of Allah, Adar. The name of Allah, the harmful. The one who, 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 who does harm. This is what's happening. It's the attribute of Allah. It is not this virus cannot move, cannot... It isn't even, it's all a lot, it's all an illusion, but a necessary illusion to test us. Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, Abdullah ibn Umar, there was a, a man inflicted with leprosy, very contagious, very contagious, and they all knew that. And Ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar, the son of Umar radiallahu anhu, sitting and eating from the same plate. When he was asked, what is this? Umar, are you not worried that you will be, you will catch the disease? What did uh, Abdullah ibn Umar say? He said, the command of Allah was for him to catch the disease, not for me to catch it. Look at that yaqeen. Look at that yaqeen. Just like when these, this, this hayat al-sahaba, read the, the stories of the companions of the Prophet sallallahu These are not fairy tales. One time the same Ibn Umar, went to an area city by a jungle and there was a lion, the city was perturbed. There's a huge lion. And they were all freaking out from the lion. And Abdullah ibn Umar, he goes and approaches the lion, he grabs it, he says, what's wrong? He said, this lion, we can't go about our day to day with this lion just sitting there. So he said, okay, what's the big deal? Abdullah ibn Umar goes, he grabs the lion by the ear like a, like a teacher back in the days would grab the student when he's being naughty, you know, grabs him by the ear, pulls him up to him and says, he says, Allah, he says, if you came here, if you, if Allah commanded you to come here and eat someone, then go ahead and eat that, do what Allah has commanded you to do and leave. Otherwise, leave from here. You have no business being here and then slaps the lion on the back, on the neck. And the lion goes running outside the jungle. And then he says the famous saying, he says that Allah will, will set upon the ummah that which it, it, it fears, the, 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 those things which these, the, the people fear. Whatever it is that we fear, Allah will put this, these things above us. He will send us the things we fear the most. 
So Sahaba had hearts with nothing but Allah in them. Nothing but Allah. Nowadays we say, Google, please, what's the weather like today? Well, the weather is going to be this, this, this and that. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the five things he mentions that only he has knowledge of in the ilm al-ghayb, in the unseen knowledge. One of those things is rain, ghayth, wa yunazzilul ghayth. Only in the knowledge of Allah. If I go out thinking that that weather forecast I heard off Google Home being accurate, I have in a sense said that the Quran is wrong and that this forecast is correct. These forecasts are a practical means for us to plan our days. That's okay. But not that our hearts are, it's like when we hear it, oh, for sure it's going to rain today. There's nothing for how many times did the weather forecast say one thing and something else happened. Allah shows us from time to time, but Allah is testing us now. So the first and foremost thing is this. There are three types of asbab, three types of means in this world Allah created. Halal means, haram means, and the a'mal, the actions, religious means, the religious actions. It's halal means, many means, you know, you work, you have a halal job, your car is a halal means to get from one point to another point. There's nothing wrong with these things. But the ulama say the promise of Allah, the help of Allah, Allah put his help in the religious actions. Allah promises those who bring iman amongst you, the right level of iman and faith, and the, and the righteous deeds, actions, the actions of deen, salah, dua, sadaqah, these things, that he will, give the, he will give them leadership on earth. He will make them the ones that, that are responsible in leading this earth. So we always, first and foremost, we, we put these, these means before, these a'mal before the other halal, normal world. Let's call one worldly means and the other religious means. We have to stay away from all haram means. But the halal means that are worldly and there are the religious means. So with this coronavirus, how do we deal with it? First and foremost, I start by you know, ensuring that my dua is as strong as my yaqeen. So this is why this introduction about Iman and about Yaqeen, that Allah is the one that does. Allah is the one that is in control of every atom. That all these things are illusions. Allah is doing. They're just manifestations of the Qudra, of the, of the power of Allah. Picture frames. Dead static picture frames. The light of which you couldn't see them without this light. The light is the nur of Allah. So first and foremost, the religious means. What are the religious means for this coronavirus? The du'as. Strongest du'a, I think, wallahu a'lam. The one with sayyid al-asqam, all plagues and diseases of all sorts. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-barasi wal-jununi wal-judami wa min sayyid al-asqam. And then three times in the morning, three times in the evening, Bismillah alladhi la yadurru ma'asmihi shay'un fil ardi wa la fi samai wa huwa as-sami'u al-alim. And three times in the morning and evening, And then the three qulls, three times in the daytime, three times in the evening time. And then dua to Allah to protect me and my family because He's the one. He's the one. 
He's the one doing everything. Very simple. That's why. So when I make dua, the more conviction, ana inda dhanni abdi bi. I am what my servant has yaqeen, believes me to be. If I believe he will answer me, he will answer me. One sahabi on his deathbed was saying that the one who recites such and such dua, Bismillah, alladhi la yadurru. Nothing will harm him. But he was on his deathbed. So it came in the hearts of the people that, but you're on your deathbed and you're saying this, why did you, you could have said the dua, you said the dua, we're sure and you, you're dying now. So he, without them even saying it, they were just thinking it, he responded, he said, and it was the qadar of Allah that I forgot to recite the dua. On the day that he got really bad and sick and died, Allah had made him to forget the dua. But even that being said, 3,000 sahaba were afflicted by a plague in the Jordan Valley, buried there, 3,000 sahaba in the Jordan Valley. Did they not know all these duas? Did they not have yaqeen? Yes, but the qadr of Allah came and they were all martyrs. If one dies from this, he dies a martyr. Is there a better way to go? So first we take all these means. The religious means, dua with conviction. The masnoon dua, wudu five times with every salah, praying on time. Why does Allah send these punishments from time to time? He tells us in the Quran. So that they may go back in repentance. God-fearingness, God-consciousness become God-conscious. Those that are far from, from deen become scared and worried and turn back to Allah and repent. Maybe we repent. This is maybe what Allah wants from us here. Turn back to Allah and repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask Allah and make dua. Now that we take all the religious means, yeah, fine, wash my hands, have hygiene, use it, avoid, uh, you know, uh, heavily crowded public spaces. Women anyways shouldn't be, you know, they should be praying in the masjid. It says a woman's salah in her home. Look at the hikmah. When a man prays at home, he gets one reward. When a woman prays at home, it is like she is praying at the haram meaning at the house of Allah, meaning her prayer at home. Each prayer she prays at home is worth 100,000 times the reward. The man prays at home, he gets one. He prays in the masjid, he gets 27 levels more. Each level with more hasanat, like from the heavens to the earth filled. 27 of those. So exponentially more. But he prays at home, he gets one. The woman prays at home, she gets a hundred thousand. The ulama say, say that when a man prays at home, he's, he's, he's drawing closer to nifaq, hypocrisy. When a woman prays at home, she is drawing towards siddiqiyah, the highest forms of ubudiyah. Full trust on Allah. Full trust on Allah. See, the people that have the most difficult time with the deen are people that rely heavily on their intellect. Intellect is there for you to find Allah. But once you find our deen, you realize our deen is a, think of it, why submission? Islam means to submit. Allah says in the Quran about Sahaba, qalu sami'na. The Sahaba say, we heard, we heard you, Rasulullah. And then what happened? Qalu sami'na wa ata'na. We hear you and we obey you. They didn't see qalu sami'na wa fahimna wa aqilna wa ata'na. They say we, we heard you and we understood and we reflected on it and it makes sense and so we obey you. Whatever Rasulullah said, they believed, even if it sounded insane. 
when Isra and Mi'raj happened, Rasulullah Sallallahu he went to Aqsa with his body. It wasn't a spiritual trip and up there physically. So when Rasulullah Sallallahu went, the first person he went to, he went to tell Abu Jahl. He said, this and this and this happened, Abu Jahl. Oh, wait right here. I'm going to gather everyone so you tell them the story. Abu Jahl was very happy. This was an opportunity for all the people to see that Muhammad, in it, which is his opinion, is crazy. So he went to fetch the mushrikeen and all the people. And he went to Abu Bakr. Look now, they're all mocking Rasulullah Sallallahu when, when this miracle from Allah happened, it happened in such a way, look at Allah, that the believers, their iman increased, but the same event, the mushrikeen, their shirk increased and the munafiqeen, their nifaq increased. So now the mushrikeen are mocking us. <laughs> Look at this. Now he's saying now they're definitely going to think he's crazy and they're going to leave him. But when he went to Abu Bakr and he said, Abu Bakr, your friend, he claims that he went to Aqsa with his body in, 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 in a matter of moments and came back. And Abu Bakr said, he really said this? He really said this? He said, yeah, he really said this. He said, then he is telling the truth. Tasdiqul khabar. Whatever they heard, Allah said this, Rasulullah said this, we believe it, khalas, done. So that's why the people with the toughest time with our deen are people that are trying to intellectually understand everything. There's nothing wrong with understanding the intellectual fruits of it all because there's hikmah in all of it. But if we know that Allah and His Rasul said, khalas, tasdiq, we believe, siddiqiyya. So the woman praying at home, how much reward she gets. So women, you know, pray in your homes. Men, my, I'm of the opinion, I'm going. I'm, I'm still praying my five times salah, finding a masjid that's still having, if it's in my area, unless there's a direct order from the country, that complete isolation, that we have to obey the law of the land because we live in the land. That's a different story. But, you know, they say, like most people for Salat al-Jumai, they said just if you're sick, stay at home, for sure. Is it irresponsible to take it to the, but see, see the and make your wudu at home and then go, you know, keep the khutbahs. Imam should keep the khutbah straight. They pray and they leave. But our deen is a balance between one of the scholars I asked to give me advice on this, Sheikh Mu'ad, mashallah, in the uh, Islamic society of Mar- Markham. He's the imam there. Love this man, such knowledge. He said that our deen is a balance between tadbir and taqdeer. Our deen is a balance between taqdeer and tadbir. That a balance between planning and taking of the material means, but having our heart knowing fully that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is the one in full control. So how do we do that in this situation? How do we do that in this situation? We take all the means. We avoid large gatherings for sure, you know. But I continue on my religious duties to the best of my ability because the help of Allah is in the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The help of Allah is in the commandments of Allah. It's in the a'mal. I start with the religious means and then I take these material means just because, you know, I was told to do so. But they have no effect. And we see this time and time again, subhanAllah. You know, if we if we look at uh, the story of, you know, Yaqub, we are we are clearly taught this. And his sons. It is said in the Quran, I'll do Bilaim Shaytan Rajim, 
وقال يا بني لا تدخلوا من باب واحد ودخلوا من أبواب